0: Good morning, it's Coleology, Nicole Master, aka Coley, that is my nickname. And today we will be talking to Lisbeth Bickett, a North Tahoe life coach who specializes in coaching, communication for strong relationships. Lisbeth Bickett has been a business in the business of health and wellness for almost 20 years. She began her career as a massage therapist in 1998 after the death of her father. It was 3 years of caring for her father while she while he lived with colon cancer that Lisbeth realized the importance of body mind soul work for all who are healing into life. Lisbeth's studies in the wellness profession have taken her through work as a massage therapist for professional and amateur athletes, a personal trainer, a fitness boot camp owner, a CrossFit gym owner, a nutritionalist therapy consultant, and a professional life coach. Most recently, Lisbeth has focused her work on coaching compassionate communication to individuals, couples, and community organizations, using her knowledge and skills to support strong relationships and meaningful connect- connections for clients. She is now working on her MS in restorative practices. Okay, so all of you who know that have been following me, that's the hardest part of my podcast, reading out loud because of my dyslexia and getting over that anxiety. So I'm happy that that's over, and I want to say hello, and I'm so excited to connect with you. Um, I met Lisbeth through actually her um, boot camp. I did her boot camp, and so and then I actually had um, professional life coaching with her, and uh many times, I think this was about, I think I did this, Isaac's seven years old. So I met you seven years ago and you were pivotal in certain aspects of my life at that time. So I'm really excited to hear what you're doing and touch base with you and um, wherever you would like to start and you have an impulse to um, share, I would love to start there.
1: (laughs) Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thanks for that fabulous introduction and um and I'll just say right off I really appreciate you speaking honestly and authentically about your own discomfort and you know what it's like for you to to read and to just come out there with that because um it's really part of what I do and and in creating connection is um really challenge people to show up authentically with each other and, and, and with clarity, letting other people know what's going on. And by you doing that, you're kind of, you're giving permission and you're modeling that to everybody who's listening that um, if they can just come forward with their discomfort, that other people will feel comfortable coming forward, their discomfort. And we will finally realize all of us out there that, you know, none of us are perfect in the way that that somebody somewhere in our life has told us that we're supposed to be. Mm. And that we're all beautiful and perfect exactly the way that we are. And that our things like our dyslexia and the anxiety we feel about reading, that's one of those things that makes us special and precious. And um, so I just want to say thank you for saying that. Thank you for coming out and and modeling that and just being courageous and vulnerable and authentic. Uh,
0: (laughs) I feel like right now, thank you. Thank you, A, for mirroring that for me and saying that because, like, part of me needed to hear that. And I feel, like, good. Like, thank you. Thank you. If you could see my face right now, I kind of have, like, a little bit of a flush, like, I'm blushing a little and I have like this big huge <laughs> smile and I feel like proud of myself <laughs> and that feels good.
1: Good, awesome. <laughs> so um yeah, so you kind of just threw me out there um to pick my own center place to start from, which um Hmm.
0: (laughs) Well, I have, if you're not sure where to start, I have so many questions uh, just with um, like, what is MS in restorative practices and like, what type of work are you currently doing in this compassionate communications um, and what does that look like? I'm really interested in, in either of those two or both of those two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm so excited, and I'm so just—I'm just thrilled and inspired by what I'm studying. And um, so, I'd love to talk about that, and and kind of why why I'm so thrilled about this. So, so where I've come to is a belief that that we as human beings have are kind of in this existence for, um, I I believe that we are a part of a whole that, that, that there, yeah, I don't really know how to describe this, but there is, there is something that we are a part of and that we have, we all, we have a purpose. We have an individual purpose, each of us. And then we also have a purpose as human beings.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: um, and what I believe that purpose is is to is to f- develop the awareness, the skills, the energy, whatever that is, to be fully connected in mm. a world that is naturally very disconnecting. <clears throat> and so we are put into, or we choose to put ourselves into this world where there's lots of, where there's boundaries, where we're in a body that's separate from other bodies Mm -hmm. and, and where everything that we see has edges and, um, and, and form. And so we don't see pure energy, even though that is what everything is. We don't perceive it that way. We perceive things as being solid and separate. Mm. And um, so, my belief. Is you're that kind
0: this of is, You're kind of just so you know, like um, you're yeah. kind of going in and out for being okay. totally. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. Okay.
1: So my my belief is that it is our challenge to overcome this perception of separateness Mm. and to, to fully, um, become fully connected in a, in a body and in a world that has lots of, um, perceived separation. So I haven't developed exactly, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling over the words, I think, but I think what you're that-
0: saying is palatable and understandable, though. Like, I mean, I, I totally hear what you're saying. Like, there is this perceived separateness, I mean, like on a personal level, on a family level, and then culturally. And then, I mean, like if you just go on and on. But yet there is something with the state of pure energy and our innate state that is is is. Supposed to be interconnected, right? I mean, and I think it's beautiful that um, you're finding. I mean, it sounds like you're trying to find uh, where we're connected, how to m- sustain connection, and um, I would love to hear uh, what that looks like in your work.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, so coming from that place um, and, and this belief that that's that that's what that every one of us has this. Very strong inner drive to be connected, to feel connected in their world, to be connected to other people, in particular, but also to, to everything, to nature, um, to deep within themselves, to to be to be aware of the connections of all of their actions, and um, and so with that as a belief. For me, compassionate communication is, is just imperative to for people to learn a way of communicating that supports connection rather than disconnection. Mm. And in, in our culture, in the American culture, and probably most of the kind of first world European culture, um that is not the language that we've learned. Most people have grown up with a language that's very disconnecting. judge It's full of judgments. Judgments, criticisms, evaluations, these are all things that tend to disconnect and they're important. There are times when we have to make a decision and in order to make a decision, we have to evaluate and we have to make some judgments and then we, we make that decision because we have to act. But in general and in our in our relationships and communications with other people judgments and criticisms and evaluations without an awareness that we're making them is very disconnecting Mm -hmm. and um and and yet that's what we're learned that that's the way we are brought up you have to do this because i'm the parent i have parent i have power over you i know what's right you know, you, you don't know, and um, and this is you did that wrong, and you did that right, and and then there's messages from peers. You know, you're too fat, you're not this enough, you're not bad enough, mm-hmm. and and this is what we grow up with. Yeah, and and so we grow up with this sense in ourselves that we're not good enough. Nothing is ever enough, and we live in a world of scarcity. We're not enough. Nothing out there is enough. Life is hard. People are out to get us. All of these messages that um, we then create these defenses as children, just so that we can get on, so we can survive. Yeah, and and survive somewhat intact. And um, and then later on in life, we have these stories, these judgments, these ways that we evaluate situations that that end up really closing the door on what's alive in other people. And Mm. I love that you told me, I think, before we started talking, um, just in prep for this, is we're going to talk about what's alive in you. And that is a, that's kind of a phrase, kind of a place to come from in compassionate communication, is what we're doing is connecting with what's alive in ourselves and connecting with what's alive in others and sharing that Mm. and coming from a belief that most people, given that they are safe, if they, if they feel safe, that their greatest desire in life is to serve another human being. Mm. And so, so, by sharing what's alive in yourself, by being vulnerable, like what you just did with, you know, I felt anxious and about reading this, and this is a hard thing for me. By sharing what's alive, we give each other the gift of knowing each other. We give each other the gift of receiving. You, by sharing that with me and with the group, this anxiety that you were feeling. You gave me this amazing opportunity to connect with you and to to, to give you my appreciation, which filled me with love and joy. Mm. And um, and so that was a gift that you gave me by sharing what was alive in you. And um, and so using words, if 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 you were judging yourself harshly and not really aware of that, you may not have shared that because it would have been too scary to share that. That's and I right. would have lost I would have lost that gift. Yeah. And we we would not have connected. You might have actually um you might have, you know, had some tightness in your voice and maybe been a less free with your with your with what you were talking about. And I would have sensed that. So I might not have felt quite as safe and I might have not felt the freedom to share with you my vision about, um, about connection and and the way I perceive the world. And so, you know, so it, it it sets this, this, um, ball rolling in one direction or the other. And, by you opening up the conversation with your vulnerability, you set that ball rolling in the direction of we're going to connect on an authentic level. And this is awesome and feels so good. And you could have easily not done that. And then it would have been the way a lot of conversations are, especially in workplace and and in any kind of really important relationship, because everybody's so afraid that they might do something to disconnect. Um the ball goes rolling in this place of, of constriction and stress and worry. And um, and all these beautiful possibilities for connection are lost.
0: Yeah, so. and, and there's like a healing element that happened, right? I've been doing these podcasts. Yeah. I mean, like what, oh, what what you're doing right now is super powerful because if you can teach people to connect in those moments like you just did with me, there was this sense of like... Healing too. So okay. I've I've been struggling with this my whole life, and and before before I would have just ran away from the situation. So I might not I wouldn't have done a podcast or yeah. or I and and that would have per, been perceived as um, a lot of people thought like the way I would run away somehow would be perceived. I would get the feedback that like I think I'm too good, or I'm better than, and it's really interesting to reflect on those things, and it's just was this, um, there was a- projection on me and a perception that was happening. And really, like, I was internally struggling. And if you can teach people in these moments, like, so it's been really hard, A, to become vulnerable. But B, when I am vulnerable, I've been met with kindness, and I definitely have been met with love. But the way in which you just connected with me, there was also this aspect of, like, depth and healing. Like, I actually, I, I mean, like I said, like, I felt good like I felt good and I was kind of smiling and I was blushing and I felt like, I felt like, yeah, you're right. Like I felt empowered actually the way in which you connected with me that like me sharing that like opens the door for other people to be more vulnerable and share their struggles too. Right. So there, there was like this depth um, besides just like it's okay to be not perfect and um, but where that trajectory actually can unfold, um, too. And I, I mean, I have to thank you because like, I feel like you're right. It is okay that I'm dyslexic and I'm sharing this. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're right.
1: (laughs) And it's not only okay, it's beautiful. It's awesome. And it's a gift to the world, you know, to That for us to have the ability to see that those things that we have judged ourselves on and to have empathy and understanding about that, and then recognize the gifts that those things actually bring to the world. Mm. That it's not just okay, it is beautiful, it is brilliant and fantastic, and it's something to celebrate. And I know it brings challenges to you, and look at the growth that you experience because of those challenges. That's right. If you didn't have that challenge. You wouldn't be able to have the empathy for other people who have similar challenges. That's right. And, and you wouldn't also expand and find other places to grow and 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 go after other resources and push yourself in the same way. So so it's a gift. And every challenge that we face and every little thing that we have criticized ourselves about or somebody has criticized ourselves about, it is. That is just a thought. It's not a reality. And we can just as easily look at those things and see them as gifts. And, you know, and that is, it is something that I really love doing and some, for some reason that is, you know, a gift that I was given was to be able to see that in yeah. people, <laughs> yeah, and and to and to appreciate it and say, and just like point it out. You're like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> and at the same time, you know, empathizing like, yeah, I, I've got that. It's hard and scary, and it's also cool. It's to, you know. One of the things that I love about um, nonviolent communication, which is what I work with, um, and I like to call it compassionate communication, but nonviolent communication is very specific um, uh, kind of tools for learning compassionate communication. Do you...
0: do you, and I'm sorry, I want to hear what you're saying. And yeah. would you take a second to break down, just because I feel like nonviolent communication is so big in the healing yeah. world, um, but it's still not a very wide-known thing. Would you break down what that looks like um, in the simplest terms?
1: Yeah, yes, I will. And okay. so um, um, just, I want to just quickly finish this one thought. Yeah, and, and I, I apologize. Is, no, I'm glad you asked for that. Um Because I think it is important for for people to know and empowering. So one of the things I, one of the components that I love about it is that we, um, it challenges you to have clarity about your feelings and to actually connect on other people, with other people on a level of feelings and needs. But feelings are not, there's not bad and good feelings. You know, we think about, oh, are you having a good feeling? like happy? Or are you having a bad feeling, like angry? And um, it takes that away and looks at feelings as simply um, indicators. And we have feelings that, that we experience when our needs are getting met. And those are like happy, excited, joyful, um, inspired. And we have feelings that we experience when our needs are not getting met. So anger is not a bad feeling. Anger is a fantastic feeling because you really need, it's important for you to be successful and functional and to show up authentically with yourself and with other people. You need to know and have clarity and conscious awareness of your needs, of what it is that you're needing. And so if you feel anger, you can be like, hallelujah, there's something that I need that's not happening. Mm -hmm. And my, my, my system, my soulful, energetic, physical, mental system is saying, pay attention. You Mm -hmm. need something right now. And most importantly, you need to know what's going on. You need to have awareness of it. So pay attention. Oh, I'm angry. Why am I angry? I'm angry because I see dishes in the sink. Why is why am I angry about that? Because I'm exhausted, and in order to relax, I need to have, I, I actually need to have a certain amount of order in my house mm. because I'm exhausted. So what's underneath all of this? It's that I need rest and relaxation and peace, mm. and and so now I have clarity. I need rest, relaxation, and peace. And when I have clarity about that need, I can. I can start kind of strategizing. Uh, you know, my first thought, if I just react to the anger that, I, you know, oh, I'm angry. Joe is sitting at the table. I'm going to yell at Joe about the dishes that he didn't do because I think I'm angry about the dishes. Right. What, what I'm angry is that I need rest, relaxation, and peace. Maybe I need Joe to actually be. I need to know that I matter to him and that he wants to support me. And so now I have clarity that that's what I need. And so I can go to Joe and I can ask for his help, you know, about the things I need. I need to know that I matter. I need need rest, relaxation, and peace. Can you help me figure out how to get that right now? Or let's see, if that's what I need, then maybe I should just tell Joe that I'm going to go take a bath. Mm. and because that'll give me the rest, relaxation, and peace that I need, and, and then maybe later I'll, when I feel better, I'll go to Joe, and I'll talk to him about my need to, and my desire to know that I matter, and, 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 you know, check in with him, and see maybe how he can help me um, know about that, Mm. and so, so that's where this idea of, you know, whatever it is, whether it's your dyslexia or even just feelings that we have and reactions we have in ourselves, all these things that we've been taught to judge, judge as being wrong, bad, shameful, something disconnecting, actually. Um, now we can look at it and say, my anger isn't disconnecting. It's actually it's actually is deeply connecting. I can use it to create a very deep connection with me and Joe and with me and myself. My dyslexia, which I am afraid of because I think it's disconnecting with other people. I think they will judge me and run away from me, or they won't hire me, or they won't, all of these things I've told myself. Now, it's connecting because I can use it to connect with other people and the things that they're afraid of and their vulnerabilities. So now it's just, it's this fabulous gift that I've been given.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So like you're literally, so when you're working with people, A, you're helping them like And tell me if I'm getting this right or or not. So, like, I'm I'm imagining that you're like helping them identify these things within themselves, and then you're also helping them learn to like unpack what's under underneath, which is like in and of itself like something that needs some guidance at times, right? Because we're so oh,
1: so true. So much practice because we've had. I mean, I'm almost fifty, so. I've had fifty years of practicing the other way, <laughs> and so it takes a ton of practice. And I, I have a pretty deep awareness of this, and I'm, I'm like all the time. Oh my gosh, I just reacted instead of took a breath and thought about it. And you know, I, I am all the time doing these things and and reacting in these ways that that don't reflect the way I want to show up in the world. And and I have a deep awareness of how I want to be showing up. Most people don't actually have that deep understanding. And so it takes, yeah, it takes a ton of practice. And and it takes kind of gathering a group of people around you who know what you're doing, who, who, again, being vulnerable and authentic and letting people around you know, I have this awareness now of a way I want to show up and I'm going to stumble all over it. This is how I'm going to be practicing. You know, would you be willing to support me in that practice so that I can learn how to connect with you better? And, you know, these are the ways that you can support me and, you know, just letting people know. And, but it's a, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lifelong practice for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's deep because like, I mean, if you think about, like, anger actually being this thread, because, I mean, like, I think most of society feels, like, like afraid of anger or, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think it's overwhelming, and I think that there's many different reasons why, but definitely um a paradigm of ours. And if you look at it, just this little reframe that you did about, like, it's actually deeply connecting. I can think of so many times that, like, if I had said, like, hey, I'm angry, and and I, I f- have a pretty good awareness through all the therapy I've done and, like, my education, like, what's underneath, and I still struggle with it at times. <laughs> like, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just want to feel wanted, right? I mean, like, that's the baseline, but, like, it takes a while to get to, like, what is under right. actually neat the anger, but, like, if, right. if you could, like, or if I – Because anger is one of those things that become overwhelming for me personally. And um, I used to bypass a lot. And I've talked about this a couple times. But like so anger, I would just go straight out to bypass because it like was scary for me. And I've just started to like really integrate anger and allowed myself to be angry. But I notice when there's anger that erupts, which naturally will between friendships, right? Because we're not perfect and there's going to be things that like happen. My first thing is still to run away like that's my first reaction and and it's more like there's like this um, there's this core belief that like I don't want to hurt somebody in my anger so so pulling back is actually like saving the connection but like what you just said like it's deeply like it went somewhere and resonated deeply in me like no actually the connection is Saying, hey, I'm angry and it's because of this. And and like in that there could be deep connection that actually unfolds and ways to be supported in which like I I don't even know. I can't even imagine because it's super hard for me to do in anger.
1: And, (laughs) (laughs) And and the thing is it's like you think of your what's your son's name? Isaac. Okay, so I'm I'm just imagining, you know, how what it would be like for you if Isaac said to you, Mommy, I'm really angry, and I don't know what to do, and I don't want to say anything that hurts you. So I need to go to my room for five minutes. <laughs> you know, like you would probably just want to hug him and say, "Oh my gosh, yes, okay, go to your room for five minutes, and I'll be here for you when you're ready." Yeah, and and so like to just that I think that that's the beginning place. Like you said, anger is one of those emotions, and so is fear. I mean, a lot of those, really at the heart of anger is fear.
0: Yeah, I was going to say they feel very... <laughs> I mean,
1: at the heart of every yeah. every kind of one of those feelings when our needs aren't getting met is fear. It's a fear of disconnection. Mm. And so, so um, those feelings can be so overwhelming and so huge that... No, we are human. We are not ethereal bodies. We are in this body that challenges us constantly. And so you are perfect. And as a perfect human being, it is extremely understandable and totally perfect for you to, like, have anger and then be like, I need to go by myself. You know? (laughs) I need to go be by myself and to take that time away. And if I know you and I trust you and we've developed this relationship because we support each other and we're actually vulnerable and authentic with each other, I'd be like, oh, please go do that because I really look forward to connecting with you. And I know that when you come back. You're going to come back with clarity, and you're going to come back and tell me how I can support you, and you're going to listen to me with, with curiosity about what might have been going on with me. Like, you know, you might come back to me, let's say Joe, who's at the table again, after I've gone and taken my bath, taken care of myself, <clears throat> gotten some clarity, I can go back to Joe, and I can say, hey, Joe, you know, I saw you sitting there at the table, and I know how much you care about me, actually. And I'm wondering how you're feeling. I'm wondering what your day was like. And I can actually go back with some curiosity about why the dishes, you know, there's probably some reason why the dishes didn't get done. Right. And, and, um, and so Joe, you know, or if I'm Joe, I'm going to be really appreciative that you took that time to yourself, that you admitted that you had the awareness of your anger, you had the awareness that it's resulting from your needs, not actually from me, and you went and took some time to get clarity and to come to me and talk to me in a connecting way.
0: Well, it's really so. I love your example. I think that that paints a picture, and I just want to mention, like, because what I, what's resonating with me right now is like, I know that you're you must be excellent at this because you met me where I was in my example and allowed it to be okay where I was, right? Like I was jumping forward to spaces. I'm like anger. Oh, I should be connecting. Oh, I should be doing this. And like not taking space, right? Because it can have a deep connection. That's kind of where my brain trajectory was going. (laughs) And you were actually like, no, like just naming it and taking space and then coming back is actually perfect, which is actually meeting me where I am and, and my needs, which actually create More of the ability to be vulnerable and move forward and have connection. And so, if you're doing this individually with people, uh, because I think that that's the funny thing. There's no, that's the funny thing about therapy or coaching, or it's like each person are gonna, it's gonna unfold differently. And to see that spot, that spot in which you met me, where it was like, no, you can still go take space. And you used the example of my son of the five minutes, like that is the important piece to be able to help people through, uh, the pain, right. And get them, totally, totally. Get, and get yeah. them into like this healthier space so they can be more compassionate, and more curious. And, um, so awesome. So obviously you're good at it because you just did it <laughs> over a podcast <laughs> by example. <laughs> awesome. And then well,
1: thank I- you for calling it out and, and spelling it out. What is, what it's like for you and for calling it out because that, I think, really helps everybody who's listening too, to kind of pull it apart a little bit more. And, um, and, and yeah, so I really appreciate you recognizing that and, and being open to that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty – it's incredible. And, and, you know, this is one of these podcasts. I mean, all my podcasts, I take away some deep, deep – stuff. But this is one of those podcasts that I feel like I can like actually use right now in my daily life and and go forward in like these little places that I'm still working on myself um, to be a better human and to have that (laughs) connection and to have more compassion, compassionate empathy and love toward myself and others. And like, I can actually utilize that right now here and now in my life today. So thank you. That's
1: Well, that's great, and that is a really great segue for actually talking about the tools that you could actually use, kind of creating an awareness of tools that will help you. So going back to your question about nonviolent communication and, and, you know, what it is exactly, um, I think would be appropriate now. Okay, Um, great. Yeah, okay. So um, I want to start just by saying that the tools that I'm going to just quickly touch on, it's really important, I believe, to look at them as tools and not the heart of what it is. It's kind of like, um, you know, we both live in the mountains, right? And when you go and you learn how to ski, um, I don't know, you might learn how to do a snow plow. Learn how to. You you are kind of taken through these exercises of of stand up in this part of your turn, push back in that part of your turn, and and all of these components, these tools um, of skiing. But the tools of skiing are not the joy of skiing, and they're not the um, they're not the actual experience. Mm. They're just these tools that will help us put our body. And experience situations which actually teach us how to ski it's the experiences that actually really teach us how to ski and um, the tools kind of create a space for that experience to happen and ultimately we want to get to a place where we are just skiing and ultimately we want to get to a place where we are just connecting with what is alive in ourselves and other people in in a courageous and compassionate way Mm. and so the tools just help create the space for that to happen for us to experience a deep connection so you and I here have experienced some deep connections because I have been holding an awareness of tools that I can use and um and and I've practiced it enough that I don't have to like think in my head snowplow now. Right. You know, but I in the beginning I did, and um and in and in the beginning everybody uh, and learning some new skill is going to have to do that. And the other thing to remember when practicing um, new skills is good idea to practice on yourself by yourself for a really long time first so you don't go out and ski with expert skiers and expect to be able to keep up with them and and not and and you know not fall all over the place um if you've had one lesson in (laughs) in skiing you're going to go play on the bunny hill by yourself for a long time yeah and you're probably going to be something that you Even as you develop your skills, you're probably always going to spend a certain amount of time by yourself practicing your skills so that when you go out and actually are with your friends, you can just ski, right? And so that really conscious, intentional practice generally happens. With ourselves, in ourselves, and that's where it's most effective and most powerful, and it kind of helps us embody this thing so that when we're interacting with other people, we can just do it and Mm -hmm. have fun and connect. Um, I love,
0: I love what you're saying right now. It's like you're breaking because a lot of times when we learn mental health skills, um, I think you do think like, Oh, I heard it. I can do it. And then we go, I know I'm guilty of it. And then I go, (laughs) I go practice it on somebody and it's like less than skillful. And (laughs)
1: it's exactly (laughs) what you said. It, it, you get the totally opposite reaction because they're like what are you doing to me you're doing something on me aren't you like nobody wants to be your 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 rat you know without even I mean you can ask permission I have the skill I need to practice I've been doing it on my own but I want to see what it's like with somebody else so here's what I'm going to do I'm going to you know full disclosure this is
0: That's what I do. Um, and it's still yeah, and it's, it's still not skillful. The first yeah, like it's you know, not
1: wow. skillful, but at least the other person, like you you've given them that gift. Oh, you mean I get to support you? Okay. And you respect my autonomy, so I get to make a choice about this and I get to say yes, I get to say no. I'm saying yes, so now I'm a part of now it's ex- fun and exciting for me yeah, because I've chosen to be a part of that, and I have the freedom, and I feel safe to say to you, oh my gosh, when you did that, I totally felt angry. You know, like, I'm all defensive now, so I don't think that worked. You told me you wanted me to feel connected to you, so that didn't work. You try it again. <laughs> And, um, or like, oh yeah, man, that really worked. You know, that sounds, I I feel really, I feel really happy. And, um, so, so, so yeah, practicing with yourself and, and honestly, the most important and influential relationship in your life is the relationship you have with yourself. So Mm -hmm. if you can give, if you can learn how to give yourself empathy and to communicate with compassion and communication with yourself, like if you fully empathize with yourself and have clarity about what's alive in yourself, and and have full acceptance of it, and you're not judging it, then it is going to be easy to show up with other people that way. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's just not going to be hard. Yeah. So. Um, okay, so the components, the, the tools that really help create that environment, there's four basic components of nonviolent communication that we use to kind of compose our language and um, kind of four awarenesses, I guess. Um, and the first is um, observations. And and um, I actually I'm going am gonna speak about each one quickly in contrast with another way with the way that most of us have been taught to um, to think okay so so observations um, versus um, evaluations, judgments or criticisms. So it's kind of just using a similar situation to what we talked to about the dishes. I'll just Use a situation where I walk into the house and there's clothes all over the floor and, um, you know, maybe some shoes on the couch, something like that. So an evaluation would be I walk into the house and I think in my head, the house is a mess. These people don't care about me. I'm the only one who does anything here. So that, you know, that would be kind of a really typical... Um, something that I, I would definitely think when I walked in the house, if I saw just stuff, other people's stuff all over the house. So um, now to pull my story out of there, first of all, there's a whole bunch of of judgments that I've just made. First of all, I've judged the house to be a mess. Well, mess is is really subjective. A mess for me may not be a mess for anybody else. So that's a judgment. Um, I've thought to myself, these people don't care about me that's a judgment. I'm the only one who does any work here. That's a judgment. And each one of those judgments really puts me at, as an adversary with the other people that share the house with me. Mm. And so, so I, if I can pull out my judgments and actually make an observation, there's clothes on the floor. I see clothes on the floor and I see shoes on the couch. Okay. There's no I'm not an adversary of anybody. Nobody is my enemy in that in that um, observation. It's it's a fact. We can't argue about it. There's clothes on the floor. And <laughs> there's shoes on the couch. Okay? So there's no sides to that. It's just it's just it's like a picture. So think about an observation as if you were going to take a picture, you know, and you were looking at the picture with somebody else. What could you all agree on mm. without any backstory whatsoever? So it's not going to be judgments of, like, he's happy or he's sad because, um, you know, something that you judge to mean that somebody's happy may be different than what somebody else is. So this is going to be um, no backstory, no, like, considering what might be underneath anything. It's just the bare facts. So that immediately doesn't connect us but it doesn't disconnect us which is what matters right so then the next thing is is what am i feeling i'm so i walked in the door i see the stuff laying around um and 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 maybe you know there's nicole sitting on the couch next to her shoes and she's watching the tv and so i'm like immediately i feel that anger Um, frustration, I probably most likely immediately am aware of my anger. And if I take a moment to think and to kind of tap in, I might notice exhaustion and hopelessness and um, anxiety and even sadness. So, you know, there might be a whole bunch of other feelings that I can tap into underneath that initial. So, again, remember, most important is self Self-empathy, self-awareness is using these tools to develop clarity about self. So I've pulled my judgments out. I've started to become aware of my feelings. That's the second component is the feelings. And then the third component is needs. So what are are the needs that are underlying all these feelings? All the feelings that I'm becoming aware of are feelings that I know I get when my needs aren't getting met or at least not getting acknowledged and um so I'm gonna start my healing that you talked about by acknowledging my needs. Often, it's simply the acknowledgement of our needs that uh, create that brings about the most powerful healing. So I'm
0: I agree acknowledge- with that.
1: Yeah, so, so, and that's where people kind of, when we start talking about needs, it can be um, a lot of people will start to become resistant and afraid because we've been given this message that you're not supposed to have needs, number one, and number two, um, you're, not, you're not, you can't be a whiner, you know, you're not always going to get everything you need, you need to be able to cope um, in right. order to survive, to cope, even if you don't get your needs met, and and so true about that first, the second one, not the first one, true. Um, and that's fine because often all you need is acknowledgement. And, <laughs> right. and, and mourning, you know, you need to be able to mourn that um, I'm not going to get this need met. Mm, yes, and, and, and a lot of times what we're wanting from other people is actually if we don't want them to fix our problem. And we all rec- and we recognize we can't get this challenge, this need met. Well, we just want them to be there with us mourning that we can't get it met. Yeah. So have that understanding and sit with us in that sadness for, yeah, you know, this thing that can't happen. And to say, like, okay, it's okay. I get that you need that. And I feel really sad, too, that you're not going to get that met.
0: Yeah. And so...
1: So, so, you know, I've recognized my anger, my frustration, my hopelessness, and even my sadness underneath there. And now I can ask, what are the needs that I'm experiencing right now? And, you know, there's this, again, need for peace and order. And then, and then well, what's so why can't I get that when I see shoes and stuff? Well, underneath, so there's that need for relaxation and rest and recovery and healing. And then... What's underneath the sadness? Well, the sadness maybe underneath that is this need for you and me, Nicole, to kind of have a shared reality and to know that you you're thinking about me and you care about me, and also to be connected. And when I feel myself angry, you know, like I was looking forward to coming home and sharing a glass of wine with you, but now I'm angry and so now I might not get <laughs> to share that glass of wine with you, so I feel sad. All these things are happening in the instant I walk in the door. Right. Like, it's huge, right? <laughs> right. So,
0: <laughs> There's humor and, there.
1: <laughs> right. And and right, and so you can, like, laugh at yourself. You actually can. Like, you feel that anger. And if you've practiced this enough, you can kind of start laughing. Like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Whoa. There's a lot of feelings that just happened in one second. Right. And and a whole bunch of stuff that matters here to me. And, you know, but the most important things that matter are I want to be connected to Nicole. You know, like I really want to share that with and, and be able to talk about our day. That really matters, and I also need some rest and relaxation. So those are the two things that matter the most. Now we can go to the fourth component, because I have clarity about what matters the most. Right. And I can't, I can't start strategizing until I have clarity about what matters the most. So now I know. And so now I can go to strategies, and I can start thinking, what what do I want to ask for here and who do I want to ask? And I can make a request. So that's the fourth component of nonviolent communication is is, um, requests. And so your requests are going to be made of yourself, likely, and then also of other people. And I may want to request myself in that moment to um, take some time to myself before I do anything. You know, so I'm going to ask myself in a way that shows myself that I am making a request. That and a request means that I am open to no. I'm open to the answer no. And when I hear the answer no, I'm going to receive it with curiosity.
0: I like that you just even um, named what a request is because. (laughs) Because sometimes we think if we finally get to the stage of being able to ask, right, like for me, my own process, uh, experientially, like I finally get to the place of like being able to request, I will quote, unquote, in air quotes right there, um, <laughs> that means, like, I needed the need met, so I'm not actually re- <laughs> requesting, I'm kind of demanding, <laughs> right. you know, and and it's because, like, this whole process of finally getting to that point ha like, was so hard, it's, like, I feel like I deserve it, and I do this justification thing, and, and, no, but you're right, like, to stay in connection, a request is, like, open to, to know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, exactly, and then to remember that, that it's acknowledgement of the needs to matter, and to remember that when you hear no, whether you're saying it to yourself or whether somebody's saying it to you, they're not saying no to your need. They're saying no to the strategy.
0: Mm, I and love so it. Yeah. Okay.
1: Your need still matters. Right. And your need, and they probably care about your need. And you, when you say no to yourself, your need still matters. And, and it's a good thing to practice. Mm. Yes, I do need to connect with Nicole no, that strategy that I just came up isn't gonna work so that's not the one I want to try and um, and so it just keeps there's like little layers and layers I love it <laughs> <laughs> and so when if you say no to yourself or somebody else says no to you if you can practice hearing yes to and, and have curiosity about what are they saying yes to. So if, if I came in the room and I went through this whole process and inside myself, and then I came to you and you're sitting on the couch and I said to you, hey Nicole, um, you know I, I see that you're sitting there watching TV and I'm also seeing the clothes on the floor and I really want to connect with you, I really want to sit down and relax and have a glass of wine with you and hear about your day, because I love when we do that together. And um, But um, I just don't know how I can relax and let go with this stuff all around. Would you be willing to pick up your clothes and to put them in your room while I go pour a glass of wine so that we can, you know, connect with each other? And so, you know, so I've done my work to make a very clear request about um, what I'm meeting and, and invite you into that. And let's assume that we have this relationship where you actually trust me to make requests and not demands. And you know that you actually have permission to say no. So you say (laughs) no, you say no to me. Okay. And, and now instead of Going back into the judgments of, well, oh my gosh, she doesn't care about me at all. She doesn't. She didn't hear me. She doesn't know what I. You know, she doesn't care that I need rest and relaxation. Instead of going there, I hear your no, and I say, well, I know that I know that you enjoy that too, and or I know that these things matter. Or maybe I don't even verbalize this, but I, I, in my head, ask myself, what is it that Nicole is saying yes to? I wonder what's going on for her. And so I might say to you, um, okay, well, you know, I see you're on the couch. Are you, feeling, are you feeling tired or what's going on with you? And I start asking about you. Or I might say, okay, um, well, then you can go ahead with that and I'm going to do something else. I need something else to do. Or is there another, do you have another suggestion of how we can connect? Or would you like to share a glass of wine at some point? Or, you know, I can start asking questions. And eventually though, I'm going to get to, I have this, I'm holding this awareness in myself that when you said no to me, you were attending to a need of your own. Yeah, And that might've been that you're tired. It might be that you, maybe I didn't notice that your foot's up and you it might be that you sprained your ankle and you're resting it. It might be that you know you just got off the phone with your mom and she said something to you that you're just feeling a lot of emotions around. I mean, there could be so much going on that led you to say no to me. And so to recognize that you actually are a human being who have needs also, and that when you say no, you're not doing it to hurt me or because you don't care about me or because um, I don't matter, or my needs don't matter. What you're doing is taking care of yourself in the best way that you can. And so by saying no, again, you're giving me an opportunity. You're giving me an indication that there's something going on with you that I might be able to support you on. Right. And and that's that's a beautiful place, and it can be... Um, depending on your own energy level, it can be that in itself can be connecting in the moment. You know, when, when all of a sudden we're asked to take care of somebody else, it can kind of, kind of help us get out of our own way. Um, and other times we might not have that energy, and so it's just like an indicator that this is something I want to check back in with this person about because I do care about them. So when I have enough energy, I'm going to check in with them. Um, so... So really being able to recognize, and and again, just like there's no good feelings or no bad feelings, recognize that yes is not a good answer and no is not a bad answer. They are just both answers. They're answers to a request. They're really no indication of how somebody, whether somebody cares about us or not. They're no indication of whether we matter or not. They're no indication of whether our needs matter or not. They're just... Um, They're just simply indications that somebody else is having a need and um, that the strategy that we ask them about is in conflict with their own need. So, um, So those are the four components, kind of the four tools, the four areas of awareness that we want to hold and that we want to practice nonviolent communication is is making observations rather than judgments and evaluations so pulling our judgments out of um situations and and just being aware of them and when we are making judgments doing it with awareness mm. um judgments actually can be really insightful i am judging this um so i just saw a dog and i felt fear and my judgment was that's a dangerous dog, and um, you know it shouldn't even be exist or something. And so, if I you know have an awareness of that judgment and I'm that I'm making, then I can become curious about, wow, why do I think that when I see a dog? Oh, you know that's because of this traumatic thing that happened to me a long time ago. And so there are things I need to make sure I'm safe around dogs. I need to communicate to other people um, this trauma that I experienced and how they can, how they can help me um, be safe. And so they can be powerful. You want to have an awareness though of your judgments. You want to be able to pull the observation out and look at the observation. Then you want to have an awareness of your own feelings you want to then be able to ha- um, find the deepest needs underneath those feelings, mm-hmm. and then you want to be able to make requests, very clear requests, and recognize that requests are strategies, they're mm-hmm. not needs, to make a request and, um, be, and be curious about the answer and be curious about, you know, even yes, what, what, what's under yes, what needs, what needs is somebody meeting when they tell me yes? Because I'd love to know that. Yeah, this, I'd love to know how I'm serving them by giving them an opportunity to say yes.
0: Yeah, this and is like, this is like so powerfully deep. I mean, like it's like the way you're unpacking it. Like I I have briefly a couple years ago read the nonviolent communication and I was like, yes, 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 this. But the way you're actually unpacking it and using this example, I'm just realizing. The layers in which, um, well, obviously reading <laughs> reading is already harder for me to digest, and experiential learning is better just because of the dyslexia. But the layers in which, like, uh, you can keep kind of unpacking and unfolding um, and deepening um, love and compassionate compassion with yourself, and then skills uh, with others that you're actually working on. Internally too, and 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 the self reflection aspect, and I mean, it's super super powerful. And um, so, th- this is what you're doing with compassionate communication currently.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it is. It's super powerful because we are as human beings, um, we operate in relation yes. to other things. Yes. And this is and. Um, and this is how we do it. We yeah. do it with our thoughts.
0: Yes. And um, just being aware. It,
1: it's, it's everything. It's, it's absolutely everything. And um, and it is. It's what I do. Yeah, I work with individuals with stuff like this. So really um, teaching them kind of just like what we've been doing, teaching them about it, and then also practicing it. Being that person that can help unpack situations and help them get practice on um, on what's underneath, what is underneath their actions, and actually practicing difficult conversations.
0: Yes, we do, which we need.
1: <laughs> right, we do a lot of role modeling. Where and there's so many, there's so much to do with role modeling. We can role model. Let's say let's say you had a relationship with your dad that um, was challenging for whatever reason yeah let's just and, pretend
0: let's just pretend that just
1: kidding <laughs> <laughs> and, and so and and let's say that your dad actually is now out of your life whether he's died or yeah. whether whether he's just out of your life yeah. for whatever reason, so there's going to be past experiences, or you're or you're going to have needs around your dad that he can't meet. That's right. For you. That's right. But you and I can do it. Right. So I can I can be your dad. I can do it in a lot of different ways. You can be you. And I can receive you with empathy, right. so you can tell me what you're wanting to tell me, and I can, I can, I can let you hear all the things that you need to hear,
0: which is so, the- powerful. Like, yeah. so powerful. Like so powerful for anybody who who's listening who hasn't done this. I mean, like some people, like when I explain some role playing to that haven't done this because they haven't been on the therapy trajectory, or uh, they they say it like it sounds it lands somewhere that sounds like odd or weird or kind of out there. I've, I've gotten the feedback and by experience, um, I've done this with a previous therapist quite often actually. And something about being received, even though it wasn't the person that I needed to be received by, but actually hearing the things that I, I needed to hear and also being able to say the things that I wasn't able to say in a way that like maybe I wish I could have said them and didn't. Um, a, was healing, but also brought forth, like, some type of movement for me to be able to go forward with other relationships in a different way, which is super healing and powerful, um, and I didn't even expect.
1: Right, because, because remember, ultimately, it's not about getting your needs met, it's about the mourning, it's yes. about the acknowledging yes. of your needs, so when, when you, you um, speak about you you talked about the other thing that that we could do is where you could practice actually you could say it in the way that you wish that you had so when you do that or when you get the response that you wish that you know you really needed to have you go deep inside and you connect deeply with that need that huge powerful need that you have to connect on that level, to be accepted by that person or whatever it is, you know, to, right. to basically experience that deep connection. So you actually experience that deep connection. And here's the key is you get to mourn it. It, you know, all of a sudden you finally feel it and how much it matters and you can mourn it for you know finally you can cry about it and and embrace it and and you know just like acknowledge oh man like that really matters
0: yeah and that gives it you matters and and it gives you momentum to then move forward instead of like this on this energy that you didn't realize was tied up in being angry because you haven't mourned it yet and yeah yeah there's pow- there's deep power in that and um I'm thinking just because we're at our time I would love to schedule some, in a couple I'm I'm in a couple months another podcast with you to maybe go even a layer deeper um about like what you want to share about maybe how you are doing this in community organizations and also the other work that you kind of onlay with it because I know you do so much more than just this in the world today and in this um, podcast once I release it to Facebook and SoundCloud, I will make sure your links are attached. So any links that you want to have in conjunction with the work that you're doing and how people can get a hold of you, can you please make sure I have that? Because I think that uh, what you're doing is so meaningful and so powerful. And um, thank you for being in the world and showing up how you? Who with? Like all of you? Like thank you. I mean, it's like this conversation has uh, left me with a lot to take forward, and also uh, a lot more to explore. And and I'm just I'm moved by what you're doing and what you just shared, and I can't thank you enough.
1: <laughs> Thanks. That feels really good. <laughs> it feels really good. And I mean, really, I really appreciate you saying that because. I do have this deep need to connect with people and so I really appreciate being able to connect with you here and but to connect on a broader scale and ultimately I just want to live in a world where people are connected where they where they can be safe to show up authentically and where they're respected their autonomy is respected and where we can just kind of kind of just continue evolving in love and connection and thriving and supporting each other. And, and so to do that, we need to get this out there and inspire people and let them know what's possible. And that these really deep, meaningful connections are possible. They're so possible. And it it makes such a difference. It can, it just changes your world when, you know, even in the, quickest, quickest little interaction, you know, at at the grocery store, you can connect with somebody about something that is deeply alive in them. Mm. It's what makes life worth living for me. So I really appreciate you receiving that, receiving me and kind of giving me that affirmation that, yeah, you're doing this thing that you want to do. So thanks a lot. Yes.
0: And it was also very informative. So thank you for that too. I mean, like, uh, seriously, this this is a podcast I will go back to and revisit for my own informational purposes as well as what you brought um, to the emotional life. Cool. Yeah, so thank wow.
1: you. Wow, yay!
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And I will be in touch with you shortly. And I, yes, thank you.
1: Thank you for doing this. Thanks for the, all your energy putting this out there and for doing what you're doing. I look forward to... Um, you know, hearing other stuff that you're doing and make sure you send me all that information so that I can put it out there too, because I haven't said it yet, but I really, really appreciate you and all that you're doing and your energy is unbelievable and inspiring. Um, You've always inspired me, with (sighs) your energy and and your intelligence and ability to make things happen.
0: Thank you for yeah. your support. Thank you. You've been part of you've been part of yeah, you've been part of the support system. So thank you. Cool. Thank you. Okay, take care and we'll be in touch. All right. Have a wonderful bye. day. Bye.